Hey, Vetfolio Boys friends. This is another episode that we had so much fun recording face-to-face at VMX. This episode features Dr. Kate Baker, who is not only a rock star clinical pathologist, but also the brilliant mind behind some of the innovative platforms that we've seen emerge and that we've really come to love in the veterinary space, including Pocket Pathologist and VetHive. In this episode, we talked about the Pocket Pathologist app, which I think is such a cool way to give owners and veterinarians another option for submitting cytology samples. Now, some of you out there listening may remember several years back, there was a Facebook group that Dr. Baker actually started called the Veterinary Cytology Coffee House. And I definitely remember seeing it. I remember being really excited. I immediately joined and tried to follow along with some of the cases and learn more. Um, I I think I even submitted a few cases through that group for for evaluation and and found a lot of help. And I always kind of wondered where that group went. Well, in this episode, we get our answer. The group grew to over 70,000 people, which you can imagine was a lot to keep up with, but it really illustrated to Dr. Baker a definitive need for cytology resources for veterinary professionals and pet parents. So enter Pocket Pathologist, a very cool and easy to use app that I have since downloaded onto my phone. And I'll let Dr. Baker elaborate from there because it's such a neat concept and a neat platform. I think it's a great additional option for getting some cytology samples from clinical pathologists. Also in our conversation, we got into some tips for creating good diagnostic slides in terms of fixation and staining. Should we stain the slides before we send them out? Can we send the slides out if we do stain them? And I know that's something I kind of struggle with in terms of am I staining it correctly? Am I doing this the right way? Is there a better way that I should be doing this? So I really tried to ask all of my burning questions about getting good diagnostic slides, and I'm super excited to share that part of the conversation with you as well. Let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Baker, and let's learn more about cytology and pocket pathologist. Dr. Kate Baker grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and completed her DVM at the University of Tennessee in 2012. She then went on to complete a small animal rotating internship and then a clinical pathology residency and master's degree at the University of Illinois. Dr. Baker became board certified in 2016. Her professional passion is creating resources and experiences for veterinarians to learn and thrive in practice. And I think that really comes through in our talk here. Dr. Baker is the founder and CEO of Pocket Pathologist and VetHive. She lives on a small farm in Tennessee with her husband and two small children. All right, let's go ahead and get into our talk. I'm joined by Dr. Kate Baker. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you here. There's so much to talk about. We're going to focus on pocket pathologists today, but your whole journey through vet med has been kind of fun and interesting. Can you tell us about that? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, it has been. (laughs) I ended up here very unexpectedly, but I am absolutely loving every day of what I get to do. So I'm a veterinary clinical pathologist. I went and did my residency after vet school and then did an internship and then went into a diagnostic job. I absolutely love cytology. So I enjoyed my job, but one thing that I was missing was teaching. And so I started a Facebook group called the Cytology Coffee House. And that really kind of started this whole trajectory that I didn't expect. But again, it's been like just so fulfilling and so wonderful. But 
in that group, the goal was really to just share educational things, geek out over cytology samples that I was seeing that my husband is a ER veterinarian too. And so we were working in the same, in the same hospital when I was working in this diagnostic job. And there was only so many samples I could you know, pull him in from the ER floor to geek out over. He's like, okay, I got to go back and tap this chest. (laughs) Like I can't stand here and look at this histoplasma case with you. So I really needed somebody to share that with. So I started this group, started sharing uh, just cool educational things for for veterinary professionals. Since then, that group has grown to 70,000 veterinary professionals. And through that, I really realized there's this super strong need for uh, more cytology education. People really want it. They really need it. And um, honestly, just making it fun has been a really great experience for me. So fast forward, one of the things that was very clear from that group is that people needed a way to get a pathologist's opinion on their cytology cases when they can't send their samples into a traditional lab. You know, there's a lot of different reasons why they may, that may be. So out of that was born Pocket Pathologist, and that is uh, my telecytology app where veterinarians can submit static telecytology images, so basically photos from their scope camera or their phone, and submit those through the app for same-day report. And then from there, I just couldn't stop because once you start thinking about what veterinarians need, and it helps that I am one, so I can kind of say, you know, from my own experiences too. But in January, just recently, we launched Vet Hive, which is a multi-specialty clinical support and learning community, CE education, help from specialists on cases. So I'm doing a lot of things now. <laughs> You're busy. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so fulfilling. I, I get up in the morning and, and work all day and go to bed tired, but really fulfilled. It's been amazing. I feel that. I absolutely recognize that feeling of, you know, it's exhausting, but it's so rewarding. Talking about the the Facebook group, 70,000 members. Um, I'm definitely one of those. And (laughs) remember when it first got started and I was really excited to see it. And because I'm terrible at cytology Mm -hmm. and dare I admit this, don't particularly enjoy looking at it. It's okay. You're not alone. Okay. That makes me feel better. (laughs) But, you know, I was really excited to say maybe I can learn a little Mm -hmm. bit here. And then also, like, I I remember I submitted a, a case, maybe two of them on there to say, you know, hey, can we take a look at this? And it was really helpful. And then, you know, I wasn't kind of sure where it went, what mm-hmm. what happened to it. And then, you know, I saw pocket pathologist mm-hmm. and I went, wait, this is it. This is what's going on, which you're absolutely right. There's a huge need for people where maybe we can't send our slide in for whatever reason, or, you know, we just need that boost of confidence to say, am I reading this correctly? Is this what I think it is? Absolutely. There's a, there's yeah. a huge need for this. Can you tell us about the app itself? How, yeah. how do we use it? How does it work? It has been so important to me to think through every step of, because this is a custom app. So first of all, this is a huge new experience for me. Like I have never, I'm not a tech person. So I I hooked up with somebody um, that knows how to do these things, you know, an app builder, and walked through every piece of this thinking about like, how is a veterinarian going to be using this? You know, knowing that you guys are super busy in practice, like you don't have time to do a bunch of stuff that isn't necessary. So, you know, just from the front end to the back end, everything flows really nicely. You don't have to fill out a bunch of like unnecessary things like it's just all things that are important to the case so backing up a little bit so yes you download the app it's a free app to download the submissions are are paid but they're affordable that's the whole idea so what is one of the number one reasons that you can't submit your cases into a diagnostic lab is cost and and there is tons of value there you know it's not to say that that's not a valuable thing but it's just the reality that 
there are a lot of pet owners that are not able to afford that. And then the veterinarian is in the situation where they're, they're thinking, okay, so I either am going to have to look at this myself in the clinic, which again, you're not in the minority of feeling uncomfortable with it and not only feeling uncomfortable with it, but not enjoying it. So it's like, you know, it's a stressful time for you to be sitting there with the sample that you're like, okay, it just looks like a bunch of garbage. I don't know. It's like purple and, and there's, there's a lot big, of purple. I yeah, see a lot of purple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of big decisions that have to be made on that. So it's, you know, there needs to be something, um, some in-clinic support, basically. Like, just as you said, it doesn't necessarily even need to be this, you know, full review. It's, am I looking at something that actually is an infectious organism or whatever I think it might be? I just need somebody to tell me based on these photos if, if I'm going down the right track. Or is this just junk and I don't want to submit this to, a, you know, spend several hundred dollars to find out that this is just, there's nothing on the slide. So, you know, there's a lot of different applications for it. But, yes, you download the download the app and then you submit your you take your photos we have a guide on there to kind of help you figure out like how to take photos a lot of times people say i don't know how to take photos through the microscope mine are always you know not good they don't have to be perfect but if you know we need cells that are in relative focus you know there's a number of things but we help with that we give guidance on you know how like different adapters and stuff that you can buy for those things so download the app submit your case uh, through the app and then the pathologist receives the case um, on our end through the same app. And we look at the case, we write our report, and then it's available. It's emailed automatically and also available for download in the app. So it's been, it's been fun, and people are really I, – I'm fulfilled because it's filling a real need. There's so many times that I hear from veterinarians, like, this would not have been able to go to a diagnostic lab, and I feel like I need some help <laughs> with what I'm looking at in the clinic. Yeah, absolutely. And I've looked through the app myself and I agree with you. Very usable. Like you can tell this was designed by a veterinarian who was like, this is what, you know, our simple flow is going to be. And there's not a lot of extraneous information. Um, and I, and I've read the guide on how to submit photos cause I'm, I'm with everybody out there who says, I don't take good photos. Yep. I'll like, I'll catch some gold like here and there, but yeah. a lot of blurriness. And then mm -hmm. what part of the slide do you take a picture of? And all of that is there in the guide and even the adapters, like mm -hmm. it was like, Oh, there's this adapter. And I was like, Oh, and I clicked on it. It was like 60 bucks. Yeah. I was like, this is affordable. This yeah. is, you know, yeah. something that's really there's even cheaper options than that too. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, really affordable and it makes that accessible because like you said, we're having to make really big decisions yes. for these pets based on what we're seeing in the microscope. And, you know, if it's somebody like me who is, I don't know really what I'm looking at here, uh, then to be able to do that in an affordable way. And then you're turning these cases around same day and getting mm -hmm. reports back. Yeah. As long as they're submitted by 4 p.m. Central, we we return them the same day. Wow. And we probably will open up some after hours. That's one of the, you know, because we're thinking, my husband, I mentioned, is an emergency veterinarian. So he's, of course, like, we need some, you know, weekend and after hours sure. help, help the vets in those situations. And so um, that's on our radar. But, yeah, it's it's a small team still. But it's really meant to be that resource for veterinarians when they are in that situation. And, you know, we, we have people that submit all of their cases, you know, through through that. I don't. I don't think that it necessarily needs to replace any kind of full-time or, you know, full diagnostic slide review. It has a, a number of different applications, uh, different ways that it can be used. And, you know, each clinic kind of finds what, what they're using it for. 
Sure. And while we're talking about technology here, just to clarify, like these are clinical pathologists who are reading mm -hmm. out these slides. Yep. We're not talking AI or oh, anything no. mm -mm. like that. It is a human being looking at the slide and yeah. sending us a report. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's something that, you know, in our industry now is a big, well, I mean, AI is like every, it's sure. across the whole world. Everybody's talking about it. No. Yeah. It's us on the other end. So literally when you submit your case and press submit, we get an alert on our side and it says there's a new case for a review. The other really cool thing about it is that because it's a mobile app, so there's a there's a mobile app version and then there's a desktop version. So you can use either, you know, people that have microscope cameras, they like to use the desktop version because they can move their pictures, you know, from their camera to the desktop. Sure. People who are taking pictures through their phone, it's really convenient because they can just upload them straight onto the app from their phone. A lot of people will use the phone app. And so what's neat is that we have a chat feature so we can you can talk to us directly on your case so like if you're like oh i just submitted this case i'm not sure if the photos are going to be adequate you can just chat us and say hey let me know if you need more photos which you don't have to do we'll just tell you we'll just chat you even if you don't chat us and say hey can you submit a couple more photos like and give you some guidance there and it's great because it's usually on on the professional's phone and so they get an alert straight to their phone versus it just being like you know hiding on the <laughs> clinic computer over in the corner that nobody you know come back at five o'clock and you're like oh the pathologist messaged right. me yeah <laughs> yeah so it's really neat i just love that because i have such a passion for actually being involved with the veterinarian pathologists are not robots you know we're not just sitting like in a in a you know basement just like we actually want to be involved and like help with the actual care of the patient. At least I do. And I know a lot of pathologists that do. So um, being able to have that dynamic and say, uh, you know, certain cases come to mind, ones that are important, like a little piece of information can really help me uh, interpret the case better. So for example, if I have a case where the vet submits some photos and um, it's a dog that has a small skin mass on, on its back and they submit photos and I'm looking at them and I see mixed inflammation and then I see some stuff that looks like maybe vaccine adjuvant, which that there's a particular look to that. I can quickly chat them and say, hey, did this dog get vaccinated in this location, you know, one to two weeks recently, because that's usually when those vaccine reactions happen. And they can say yes. And then I can just tie that case neatly up in a bow and say that that's what this is consistent with. So that that dialogue is so cool because it can really it can really help us give more and better information to the vet in real time. In real time, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's a big deal yeah. because it's it's different from, say, getting a report back. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, maybe move that slide around in real time and say, you know, yep. this area is not diagnostic, but look over here or something like yeah. that and get that feedback because, mm -hmm. you know, not being great at looking at slides, I don't always know what's yeah. diagnostic. So, yeah, I love that collaboration mm -hmm. and, and the ability to work together to really try to get that diagnosis. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> Well, good. good. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned this is not there to replace, you know, our, our standard sending out slides to the lab or, you know, sending out samples. This is, I think, static telecytology. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, it's a fancy word for photos. I like fancy yeah. words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Static telecytology. It's, it's photos of, of a slide. Yeah. So it's not a scan. Right. So I know there can be some confusion there because there's our slide scanners that are coming out now. So a lot of veterinarians are aware of these, may not be using them, may be using them, but there are different companies that have slide scanners. And what a slide scanner is, is it takes a slide and it digitizes the slide. So it creates this gigantic file, um, which then is transferred to the, the pathologist where they can review um, either the whole slide or usually more commonly it's a portion of the slide. And so that is a, um, it's, it's a digitization. So basically, in a nutshell, it's a 
it's a fancier way of obtaining an image, it, a standardized way of obtaining an image because the, you know, the, the image is, is being produced by machines. So there's not as much variability. And when you have the, the human element to actually taking the photos, there's that, what you were talking about, like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to take a great photo. Like there is that, but that's what our kind of coaching through it is, is for. But those scanner systems are amazing. Like I love this technology. I think it's wonderful. The problem, though, is that there's costs associated with it, just like our, like high, relatively high costs, you know, and I, I don't mean to sound like disparaging to those groups because I read digital cytology cases for companies, too, as a contractor. So I'm for it. It's just the reality is, is that when you have a high cost associated with the technology, then that gets passed down to the pet owner who then declines. So, you know, not everybody, obviously, but but some of them do and a lot of them do. That's a problem. That's why there's 70,000 people in the psychology Absolutely. <laughs> coffeehouse group that need help because they're stuck in that situation. So the digital it's different than that digital side scanning. It's a way of obtaining the same digital information, but just in a different way. The veterinarian is actually taking photos of the slide in our case versus inserting a slide into a machine and letting it scan. Well, and like you said, you know, these these scanners are amazing. Being able to send off our slides and, you know, have you read it out yes. directly off the slide. Like there's a ton of benefit to all yeah. of that. But a little bit of what it sounds like we're talking about here is spectrum of care. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I did not start pocket pathologists with the intent to compete. Like sure. the, it, the whole point of pocket pathologists is to fill a need that is there and it is spectrum of care like the veterinarian needs options that are more affordable for their pet owners period um there's not there you know it's also not just affordability like there's other things that come with the scanners they're still relatively large you know some of them are smaller so that's great there's issues for veterinarians with that too there's counter space you know mobile veterinarians that don't have room on their truck there's lots of different applications where it's like I need a solution that this is able to provide. So yeah, it really is meant to be a solution for that spectrum of care need, which is huge. I mean, the, the mobile vet thing really resonates with me because I yeah. do house call practice yeah, yeah. and I'm trying to go like, okay, if I have this huge digital file, like, am I ever going to be in a place where I have good enough Wi-Fi to upload something like that right. if I need an answer in the moment? Right, exactly. For that and many other reasons too. Absolutely. Yeah. So when we're talking about people like me, <laughs> maybe are not the best when it comes to basically anything to do with slides and microscopes. What are some of the common challenges that you see GPs face when we're either trying to interpret slides or get a diagnostic slide? Where do you see us kind of fall short where you're like, if you think about this more often, you'll be better off and get more diagnostic slides yeah. or be able to interpret it a little bit more effectively? Yeah. So first, I want you and everybody to know, <laughs> I truly want you to hear me, that you're not alone in this, and that's not trying to be all Pollyanna about it. I think there's a huge insecurity about cytology, and there are a lot of people that are like, like you, they're like, oh, dare I admit, I'm not great at it. <laughs> I'm telling you, that is like the norm, and there are ways to get better, and dare I say, there are ways to actually start to enjoy it because you can start, like cytology is so cool. Oh, don't get me on my, my nerd, <laughs> my nerd kick here. Cytology is amazing. It is a really, really cool diagnostic modality. And so I went into vet school planning to be a pathologist and I had planned to do anatomic pathology all through vet school. It wasn't until fourth year that I took a ClinPath rotation and I was like, hmm, what's this about ClinPath? Prior to that, I seriously thought, I'm not really interested in ClinPath or cytology because I don't really think that they can make many like 
calls. I don't think that, I think it's kind of just sort of, there's not much information there. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are, there are times where cytology is um, just a first step, you know, and it's good to know the limitations of cytology, but it's, uh, it's also just this incredible tool. So I encourage veterinarians to first not be afraid of it and be willing to learn more about it. It does, you know, you can take courses, you can learn, you know, in different ways and, and kind of get that first step. But yes, I have tips. I'm getting to them. <laughs> no, all of this is good too. I mean, it, it, it does feel good to know that it's not an uncommon feeling to it's be not. a little bit insecure when it yeah. comes to microscopes. And then also like to, to talk to you and get your perspective on being able to make those calls with cases and yeah. knowing, you know, that the person looking at the slide wants to be involved. So, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's reaching out through the pocket pathologist app or, you know, there's that number at the bottom of your cytology readout that says contact me with questions to yeah. to know, yes, reach out, let's talk about yeah. it because there is somebody on the other side who wants to be involved and wants to help yeah. you. Yeah. And even if, I mean, there, you know, we're here at BMX, like people are wanting to learn more and just continue to grow and, and learning more about cytology can be daunting and it can be overwhelming but it really can be fun too and then you can realize like hey I actually enjoy this because I'm actually being able I'm able to interpret what I'm seeing and I feel more confident about it nobody is going to enjoy doing something they don't feel confident doing they're going to get to the end of it and think I think this is right I hear all the time if it's not a lipoma or a mast cell tumor I don't yeah. know what it is <laughs> all the time and I'm like you can diagnose more than that confidently it just is like anything else we do as veterinarians if you spend a little time with it and learn more about it you can you can do whatever you want to do you know just spend a little time with it but as far as tips yes I see common things commonly and I get lots of lots of questions about lots of different things so First of all, it all starts with sample preparation. So um, actually, well, it starts with sample collection, I should say. And so a couple tips with uh, collection, it sort of depends on what you're collecting, but most of the time we're seeing skin masses. That's like the, one of the most common things that you guys are out, out there aspirating. So let's talk about a skin mass. So that and like lymph nodes, these are two different areas where you guys are aspirating a lot. Use the woodpecker technique. It is a really good technique for getting a nice diagnostic sample and um, and use a non-aspiration technique. So I'm going to explain what that is. So say I have a mass and I um, I you know I'm ready to aspirate it. You have to isolate it first, obviously. Make sure you get a good grip on it as good as you can, and then take your needle without a syringe on it and stab it into the mass <laughs> and literally stab it like don't you know it, I guess it kind of depends on the situation but most of the time you know really get in there and do 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 and so what you're doing with woodpecker technique is you're is you're inserting the needle and you're and you're redirecting the needle without withdrawing the needle several times do 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 lots of different directions we want lots of different directions um, and then withdraw the needle and then attach your air filled syringe onto the needle expel the contents onto the slide and that is a, a nice way of trying to help avoid cell breakage and lysis. The biggest problem with cytology is when cells are broken. This is another area where vets feel very uncomfortable because they're like, oh, my cells are always broken. Like I get these, and how frustrating for you. Yeah. Like that has to be so frustrating to get you know, a report back that says all the cells are broken and you don't know, you know, we're, it, we're very, <laughs> veterinarians are normally like, we're putting it on ourselves. So we're like, it was my fault. Sometimes it's just the nature of the beast, truly. like cytology sometimes cells just break no matter what you do but with these tips it can help reduce that breakage because as soon as they break like we can't tell what they are so it's it's really important to try to prevent them as much as possible so that woodpecker technique is nice because when you actually apply like air suction when you're doing like true aspiration and you're suctioning back on the sample it can break cells now if you have a sample or like a mass that's not exfoliating well 
and like you're not getting anything into the needle when you're doing that, then, you know, suction back. Put your, put your syringe on and suction back while you're sampling. But I would wait until you feel like you need to do that. Now, this is the biggest, the biggest, like, breakpoint moment when you're, when you're actually preparing the sample. So you've got your sample on the slide, and now you have to do something with it, right? So there are a couple different ways that you can prepare a slide. My number one way is to smear it. There, I've looked at lots of different preparation types, and by far and away, the most reliably diagnostic way of preparing your sample is to do a gentle smear. I'll give you a little more information about that, but I'll tell you a couple different ways people do it um, that aren't smearing. So one is just spraying the stuff on the side and then letting it dry, because usually what people are thinking is, well, I'm going to prevent any breakage because right. I'm not going to touch those cells. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to leave them there. Yeah, we're just going to pray that no, like nothing's <laughs> going to, yeah, nobody breathe, just pray, like do a little, you know, thing over the <laughs> little spell over the side and make sure that nothing's broken. The problem with that is that the second worst thing in cytology to broken cells is samples that are too thick. And so if those little droplets are really like full of cells and we're looking at them like, oh my gosh, this is great. There's lots of cells in there, but I can't tell what they are because they're all piled up on top of each other. So really that's one of the least diagnostic ways. If you're sitting there thinking like, that's, I've done it that way. You're not, it's okay. <laughs> like it doesn't mean like, you know, you're wrong. It's just uh, the, the way that I would, I would do it instead, or at least send, if you're sending these into a lab or whatever, to do a couple different types, you know, give the pathologist some options. But the one that is the most diagnostic is the smearing technique where you have your slide and then you have the you know contents on it and you take another slide and you position it perpendicular to, to the slide that has the sample on it and then you very gently move it across. You don't put any kind of muscle into that thing when you're moving that slide across because if you put any downward pressure on that on those cells they can break. This feels very intuitive like duh okay yeah but you guys are busy You're, you know, you're just like, like you're just making, doing your thing. And, and sometimes you don't even know, like you're putting pressure down or you do, <laughs> or you do know. I had a friend from school that was, uh, she, she said, Kate, like, I am like getting, I'm having a problem with cell breakage. And I was like, okay, well tell me how you're prepping your slide. And she's smearing it. You know, she's like, I just want to like, I, I smear it and I smear until I hear the crunch. And then I, you know, feel <laughs> like, okay, I think that's where our problem is. Like, no crunchies. We don't want crunching. So really just letting the weight of that spreader slide do the job. It really helps a lot. And I got other tips. I can keep going. I love tips. Like <laughs> I'm fascinated. It's making me think back to clinical pathologist. We worked together. I think she was a student when I was staff at UF and then ended up doing her residency while I was a student. So we had a really good relationship and she would get so exasperated with me. Honestly, it taught me a lot. Like, she yeah. was the one that told me it's a really good thing you can do anesthesia well because you'll never make a blood smear. Oh, no. By the way, I can make a blood <laughs> smear now, but it took years for me oh, to figure no. it out. And then I also remember there was one where I couldn't get a sample. And so I ended up, like, suctioning some mm -hmm. cells out with a syringe on my needle. And just, like, I think I texted her pictures, and she was so exasperated with me. Oh, She's like, no. what did you do? Oh, no, no. No. Which, like I said, we had a good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had yeah. a good relationship. It was like, not, like she did what not tear done? me down at all, but it was, it was too funny. So these tips are great because, you know, I, I know for me, like, I really take those tips with yeah. me and use them to make more diagnostic slides because it's hard and it's yeah. scary when you're making these, you know, like, then that animal walks out the door and you're, yep. there goes your opportunity for any more yep. samples. So we want to do it right. So, yeah, I'll take more tips. Yeah. Well, let's, let me think of some of the things that people commonly ask me. One thing that I get asked a lot is, 
well, I don't, I don't have a good answer for this, but I'll just go ahead and say it because if anybody listening is thinking. So how to get fat to stick to a slide? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm not successful in that at if, all. Here's my retirement plan is to come up with a spray that can cause fat to stick to a slide. And I then I can that. just, I mean, I wouldn't stop working because I love what I do, but I could go buy a house on, in the Caribbean because I, mean, yeah. I know all y'all would buy that. Because that is like the question that I get asked all that. So... First of all, I will give like a little just like insight in with lipomas or suspected lipomas, which is a very common tumor. So you guys are seeing those all the time. One thing that I hear a lot is, well, if I see like if it feels squishy and then I aspirate it and I just see like kind of that greasy stuff, I don't even bother to stain it. I'm just here to warn you, not scare you, but warn you because 99% that's not an official number, but like 99% of the time, majority of the time, it actually is going to be a lipoma. But I've seen enough times now where I've had a submission that says suspect lipoma, you know, feels fatty, aspirated grassy, greasy stuff, and, and they're doing their due diligence to still have somebody look at it or, you know, they don't want to look at it themselves. That's fine. That's why we exist. And so then I look at it and I'm like, you know, there's mast cells in here. There's a mast cell tumor or soft tissue sarcoma. Those are the two that I see that happen with the most that they get, they can get enveloped in fat. And so it can look just like a lipoma, feel just like a lipoma, aspirate just like a lipoma but then there's actually mast cells on the slide and you're like, this is actually a mast cell tumor. Huh. So strongly recommend that you actually just take a peek at all of, all of your slides. Now, usually what happens is people are like, okay, you've convinced me to do that, but now everything's washing off. So, you know, what do I do? Well, I don't work in the trenches, so I'm not out there actually preparing these samples. So what I've heard from many, many veterinarians is uh, prolonged drying, which is the most annoying answer to come from me because y'all are like, okay, I don't have time to sit there for, you know, a day, but seriously, like overnight drying. Oh, wow. Um, I know. I've been known to say like, take your pet home and then I'll, I'll look at it and I'll call you if there's anything yeah. funny on it. And so like several hours, I would no just problem, leave it till the next overnight. day if you can, okay. like if it, if it's not going to totally interfere with your schedule and the way you do callbacks, but really prolonged drying <laughs> can help. Uh, people sometimes say that heat fixing helps. I will say the majority, like, don't heat fix anything in cytology except, like, ears are one exception. Some dermatologists do, some don't. That's a derm thing. I don't, I don't dabble in ears as much as, you know, other types of samples. But all your traditional cytology, like your mass aspirates and lymph node aspirates stuff, you don't want to fix those. You don't need to because we have a fixative. Your first dip is a fixative, and we have a fixative in the lab. All right, I got to know, these tips are really helpful, especially when we're talking about lipomas and things like that that can be really hard to get them to stick to the slides. So I'll I'll take all the tips that you'll give me. Okay, well, I'm I'm here for tips. Wonderful. (laughs) Thank goodness. I I can give the tips. One other thing is submit more. So if you're submitting to a pathologist or, you know, to a lab, submit more than one slide. I think there's sometimes this perception, like, I don't want to bother the pathologist with lots of slides. I'm just going to submit one. And I know that there are going to be situa- situations where, like, you know, you got an angry cat or, you know, a spicy chihuahua, which I'm a chihuahua lover. So me too. give me all the spicy Yes, I love, I love them. Um, I, I'm telling you, if I practiced, I would have like a spicy chihuahua <sighs> clinic. So much know. personality <laughs> just packed into this tiny <laughs> little package. I, I love them. You love them or hate them. Like, yes. But, and mine are mean. And <laughs> they're, yeah, spice level high on mine. But yeah, so if you have those situations, you know, get what you can get. But if you have the ability to get more than one slide, it's it's important to do that. So three is a good just average, you know, just on your any type of mass. 
if you're doing bone marrow, which I know a lot of practitioners aren't, that's really the only scenario where we want like 20 slides. Okay. So I don't, I wouldn't submit 20 for your average skin mass, but, but yeah, between three and five is great, but really giving us more than one slide is, is nice because we have, you know, sometimes the information can be on slide two or three, or maybe you have mostly ruptured cells on slide one. So it's really nice to have that extra option. So that's one. And then let's see. So another common question I get is, well, I don't want a diff quick stain. So I always tell people, take a look at one of your slides in right. house to make sure you got what you were, you got some cells, you know, it's worth sending in. And again, this is a scenario that you're going to be sending stuff in. Usually they say, well, I don't want to submit that slide because I don't want to submit that, that diff quick slide. Do send that diff quick slide. So okay. if, I've had scenarios where, so pathologists can read diff quick. <laughs> That's what we're doing in pocket pathologists. We're looking at your diff quick slides sure. and a lot of these slide scanners, you're, you're staining with diff quick and you're submitting it that way. So pathologists are fine with diff quick, but submit that because if you happen to stain the only diagnostic slide, we want to see that. And then you don't have to have this conversation where I'm calling saying, or you're calling me saying, well, hey, that's not what it looked like on my slide. And I'm like, what slide did you look at? And then you have to mail it in and all this, you know, send your diff quick slide in and it's okay to put oil on it. Spoiler alert. That's <laughs> exciting. I know. I know. So you can put, you can look at it at high objective with oil in the clinic and then submit that one. If you want to get like, Usually veterinarians are pretty liberal with your oil application. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm guilty of that. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> it's okay. I remember when I was a, I was a new resident and I got a little fing, finger wag, wag from my senior resident that was like, you're getting, you're a little heavy handed with the oil pen. And I'll never forget that because now I just do this tiniest drop I could possibly, because we have these fancy oil pens. Oh, you know, that's like, exciting. Tiny drop. But yeah, again, my husband's a veterinarian. Like I've seen the way he apl applies oil. It's okay just if you have a lot of oil on there and you don't want it to get all over the slide box or whatever. Just set it upside down on a paper towel. Let it drain off for okay. 10 minutes or so and send that one in. And then the lab can remove the rest of the oil. So it's really no big deal. Okay. That is exciting. Yeah. So that was one of my questions is what if we stain them in-house? Do we still mm -hmm. send them in? My other question is about diff quick technique because mm -hmm. I feel like I've heard so many different, you know, dip it 10 times <laughs> or do like 30 seconds and then one minute and then 30, like, and I'm yeah. like, ah, I just kind of do my best. And well, I, that's what I do. I just do my, I just okay. do what feels right, that <laughs> which, sounds is a, good. which is a terrible answer, <laughs> but really there's so much variability. You would think there wouldn't be, but there's variability between different clinics with, you know, how often are you changing your diff quick? It, right. You know, it's going to start to not be as strong of a stain if it's been sitting on the counter for six months versus if you change it every month. So you kind of have to see what works for you in the clinic based on how often you're changing and those kinds of things. But for me, honestly, I'll just dip them 10 times in each usually is my kind of go-to. And I'll just do this like slow dip 10 times, 10 times, you know, and I, I worked with an internist in my, in my internship that said, get it to like where it's covering the slide with each dip because you know when you first do those first couple dips it's like real like crackly and bubbly looking yeah so I just do it slow enough so it has actually this whole coat there's you're not gonna mess it up I, <laughs> I think this it. is an area that where is really reassuring so, yeah <laughs> you're not gonna mess it up and the worst thing is that it's understained and you can go back and restain it so it's not a huge deal I will say I've had some scenarios where slides are overstained and so yeah. that doesn't happen that often where I'm like this is so dark that like I can't really make much out so that's not really something to super worry about because I know there are vets that in text that are leaving slides just like letting them sit in the yeah. jars and I guess it's okay because I don't get a lot of samples where 
I'm like, this is too dark. That's so. good to know because I do worry about that when I'm dipping. I'm like, did I leave it in too long? Did I make yeah. it too dark? But in general, it's pretty hard to mess up the dip quick stain. It's hard. Yeah. It and and that's, I mean, that's another thing, again, with like in my everyday life with pocket pathologists now, if they're submitting photos that are understained, just type them a chat and say, can you restain. go restain that real quick and take some more photos? So it's, it's yeah, it's not going to ruin the slide. What will ruin the slide is formalin. So that's another tip. If you are doing a biopsy and aspirates at the same time, which I know is not going to happen all the time, but there's scenarios where you, that's going to occur. If you get, or let's say you have two different patients and you know, you're doing aspirates on this one, you're sending those into the lab and you're doing a biopsy on this one and you're sending that into the lab and you want to package them together, you know, just save on shipping costs. That formalin can actually ruin the cytology slide, even the formalin fumes. Really? Yes. I hate when this happens because it makes all the cells turn this really weird blue color and everything's just, they're non-diagnostic. You can't tell anything. And I hate that for the vet because a lot of times, I mean, you don't know <laughs> like until somebody, right. somebody tells you. So if you have the ability, ship them separately. But again, we're all trying to work within budgets and stuff. So I understand like packaging together can be important. So if you're going to do that, then just make sure that your formalin jar is sealed tight. Put it in a bag, double bag it double bag your cytology slides, just keep them, try to keep them as separate from each other as possible. And obviously don't dip your slides in formalin, but most people know that. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Not really wanting to handle a slide that's been dipped in formalin. No. <laughs> like no. to close that lid on tight as quickly as possible. Right. Exactly. But yeah, most people don't know that even the fumes. No, I had no idea. Yeah. That, and I wouldn't have even thought about it in terms of packaging them together and yeah. the fumes causing a problem. And most of the time it's fine. But when it's not, it really sucks because yeah, you your sample just yep. walked out the door. Mm -hmm. Now you have to call him and tell mm -hmm. him to come back. And God forbid it's a spicy chihuahua. No You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, Kate, this has been so much fun. I feel like I could just sit here and pick your brain for like another hour and be like, but what about this? But what about this? Love but it. In the I could keep of, going. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to save you from that, but it sounds yeah. like we might be saving our <laughs> listeners from that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. This has been great. Oh, I've had such a good time. Thank you for inviting me. I'm always happy to talk about all things cytology. <laughs> good. We'll have to keep yeah, doing that because yeah. I have more questions. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Thank you so much. Dr. Baker, thank you so much for joining me and for using just your really innovative mind to create such cool and such necessary platforms. And of course, thank you to all of you out there who tuned into this episode. Definitely download the Pocket Pathologist app and check it out. To me, who is really bad with, with apps and phones and computers and technology in general, I found it really simple and easy to use. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help other veterinary professionals out there find this and other great content we try to put out there. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, click on the education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this talk, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.